Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast's half-full editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Weintrich. Good day, sir. (laughs) (laughs) How are you feeling today? Uh, I am feeling chuffed. Chuffed, all right. And Uh, yourself? Thirsty, as as always. Um, And and these days I often find myself, to be honest, you know, in addition to, you know, whiskey and some of my other favorites, often gravitating towards rum. I've always been a rum drinker. You know, my mom was from uh, New England. Her family came from Maine, right. and Maine, they drink a lot of rum. Yeah. I mean, they did in the past anyway. So when I was sick, when I was little, I would get uh, a very, very weak hot buttered rum. Okay. And she always used like Myers, you know, really right, funky sure. rum. I feel like that a cold coming on right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. Actually, I, I, I need it. Yeah. So you're going to have to whip up I one know. of those. Uh, we need some hot buttered Stronger, rum. please, though. Yeah. Um, uh, adult strength. <laughs> adult strength. I, I don't want a teaspoon of rum. <laughs> I want a couple ounces. So often when we talk about rum... Conversation is dominated really by the Caribbean, right? Jamaica, yeah. Trinidad, you know, Haiti, you know, the Virgin Islands, uh, you know, Martinique, all of these places. All with their styles of rum. Right, you, know, you know, that's where the focus is, mm-hmm. right? You know, we think about the island life, reggae, and, you know, uh, yeah. chicken, and, you know. Hammocks and right, exactly. uh, under the palm trees. The beach and, life, yeah. and, you know, coconut, you know, water and stuff. But the history of rum is way deeper. I mean, yeah, the, the history, is, as everybody tells it uh, conveniently, is that rum uh, is invented in Barbados right. in the 1640s. But that's right. sort of the end of a long process. Right. And, and traditionally, the story that everybody, including myself, tells is, the idea that during the sugar craze, you know, in Europe, mm-hmm. sugar is very expensive to make and the people wanted it. I guess tradition is made from beets and stuff. Obviously, you can make it from sugar cane. Sugar cane grew really well in the Caribbean, so the European, you know. Yeah, they go there and plant. And, right, uh, they, they bring slaves in. This is kind of the, the English history. Barbados was English, and the English went large on rum. Rum you could make from molasses industrial waste the, so that was the sugar yeah the the byproduct is molasses nobody first supposedly knew what to do with the molasses started to ferment they distilled it and hence right rum essentially and they also mixed in a bunch of other stuff that they don't do anymore it wasn't just the molasses it was also the skimmings as you boil down the cane juice you'd have to to skim off uh, all the impurities that would rise to the top waste not want not exactly safe. okay yeah, save that please, stuff please. it's got sugar in it the rums that were made on sugar plantations right. were really different. It was original, what, Kill Devil, right? Kill Devil right. or or Burn Belly in, right. in French, Brule Ventre. Good, good names all these for names. hot sauce, yeah. not so much yeah, yeah, yeah. for rum, I don't for, think. Yeah. It was nasty stuff. But it was also, it turns out, not originally invented in the Caribbean. The Caribbean was not the first place what? to distill from sugar cane. Rum has a very loose definition to this day. It's anything distilled from sugar cane. 
you wrote a story recently about this, but it sounds very well-reasoned and backed up, but it's actually quite controversial. It's quite controversial. And really, you know, suggesting that rum goes anywhere beyond the Caribbean, I imagine... Uh, people don't want to hear it. <laughs> most of the rum brands don't want to hear they, it. They definitely don't want to hear These it. countries don't yeah, want to hear it. They don't it. want to hear it. I mean, we're talking about basically the whole of the Caribbean does not want to hear the rest of the podcast. So if you are pro-Caribbean rum, you might want to turn off this podcast now because you're not going to like you're not going to like what what we're we're going to say we have many other episodes that you'll enjoy but probably this 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 one one might might be a little troubling yeah really the story begins in india as far as i can tell which is nuts because nobody really talks about india and distillation spirits i mean it's just not really included in the whole narrative there's tons of archaeological evidence from Northern India in particular, from the the headwaters of the Indus River, right? Right. Uh, Which is now like near, it's Pakistan in India. It's like uh, near Peshawar. Okay. It's up on the kind of the the northwest frontier of India. That was the Gandharan kingdom. Pretty advanced. They had irrigation. They had agriculture. They had all this stuff. They also had distillation. And a lot of stills have been found there. Clay stills, pot stills. They've been found in the, in buildings that also had uh, lots of cups. Yeah. So they, they were clearly in, yeah. you know, they were distilling it and drinking it. Interestingly enough, this was also the uh, center for sugar processing, where people first discovered how to crystallize cane juice. Right. And it was up in northern India as well. The cane juice comes from uh, New Guinea sugar cane, and it goes through Indonesia and, and into India. People uh, would squeeze the juice and drink the juice which ferments immediately, so they would also drink fermented cane juice. They would also uh, chew on the cane. But in northern India, they learned if you boil it down and boil it down, it will crystallize, and then it's a way that it keeps rather than fermenting, and you can uh, use this stuff as a commodity. We're talking like 300 B.C. Okay. Yeah, it's a really long time ago. And in fact, uh, Alexander the Great's troops go through there, uh, on his great attempt to conquer the world, uh, he captures Andara, the, this kingdom, and one of his lieutenants writes that they have reeds that produce honey even without bees. And, you know, because it's like, what the hell is this right. stuff? You know, we've never seen this. Right. They're making some kind of sugar uh, right. syrup out of that stuff. Also, they must have been distilling the cane. Right now, we can't prove that. Right. Nobody's taken archaeological evidence, right? right? None of the archaeologists have gone and scraped out the inside yeah. of these... Uh, and as the technology has gotten ever more yeah. sophisticated and expensive, I imagine it's only a matter of Well, time. there is one small problem. Right. Most of this stuff is in Pakistan, right. which is a Muslim country that has no interest in being known as the cradle of distillation. Right. Okay. <laughs> there is that small problem. Right. Right now, it's a supposition that they were distilling this this sugarcane juice. But, you know, we knew they had sugar uh, sugarcane. We knew that they had stills. Otherwise, I'm not sure what they would be distilling in that area. Exactly. I mean, they had grapes, else. too. Right. There's evidence from a little bit later, from uh, 600s AD, sure. when a Chinese monk went to explore the uh, sort of the homeland of Buddhism, right? And he goes down through this region, uh, the same region, and, and, and he says... Uh, that these people uh, among their foods are granulated sugar and sugar candy. And then he says, uh, very interesting, this guy, Yuan Chuang, there are distinctions in the use of their wines and other beverages. Mm. The wines from the vine and the sugar cane are the drink of the kshatriyas, which is one of the castes. You know, this is this is a Hindu country. The vaisyas drink a strong distilled spirit 
He doesn't say what it's made right. from. And then the uh, Buddhist monks uh, drink syrup of grapes and of sugar cane so that it's non-alcoholic because right. they're Buddha, the, the Buddhist monks. But those people are drinking a strong spirit. you got to assume that it was the same. It was yeah, either yeah, grape yeah. or sugar cane right. and cane spirit. And there are, in fact, Indian recipes for cane spirit from huh. nobody's sure when. Right. They're very old. You know, they're from various uh, religious texts that are very hard to date. They're certainly ancient. In the 600s in that region, people are, are drinking distilled spirits, we assume, from sugarcane. You move forward again to the 1200s, and under the uh, Sultan Allahuddin uh, Al-Khalji of the Delhi Sultanate, so this is already Muslim, the Muslim conquest has happened. Delhi is, you know, up in northern India, not far, uh, a little deeper into India from the frontier that this stuff had happened. And you get merchants making distilled, spirituous, sweet-smelling liquor from sugarcane, which is interesting. You've also got merchants setting up stills within their houses. And this is all quoting from uh, this uh, historian Barani, who wrote in the mid-1300s. So these merchants are setting up stills within their houses and putting in them wine made of granulated sugar and distilling it. Literally, the description is making it trickle down drop by drop, which sounds like distilling to oh, me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And consumed it and secretly sold it at high prices. But, sounds like the alcohol industry. Yeah, it sounds like the alcohol yeah. industry. Now, the sultan uh, was Muslim and he didn't like this, so he said they had to stop. That didn't work. So he finally said, okay, you can do it privately, but you can't sell it. I mean, we're talking like four or 500 years. Exactly. Really before, yeah. you know, before the, the Caribbean stuff. Anything. Yeah. So for me, the question is how did it get from India? Even later in the 1590s, in that same region under the Mughal emperor who took over from the Delhi Sultanate, right. another dynasty, a big Islamic dynasty. Now, this is all like heavy-duty history stuff, but this guy, uh, Al-Alami, wrote a huge survey of everything to be found in the Mughal Empire, you know, and, and, which was all of northern India. It's like the original like, Google. Of, yeah, exactly. You know. Here's what we have. Right. And one of the things is he talks about sugarcane in northern India. Sugarcane is also used for the preparation of intoxicating liquor. But brown sugar is better for this purpose. Mm. So they're either using cane juice or rehydrating sugar. And then he talks about uh, how it's distilled, uh, how it's flavored. It says some distill it twice. It's called twice burned, and it's very oh, strong. Yeah. So we've got double distillation. And I'm sorry if that's not rum. I don't know what yeah. is, you know. Meanwhile, the Europeans had started nosing around India since 1598. But uh, I imagine sailors are also going around, you know, oh, yeah. in the perimeter of the country. Is there's got to be exploration? Well, the, the first Portuguese get to India in, in 1498 with Vasco da Gama, and this is the first direct trade yeah. between Western Europe and India. They find that everybody's drinking distilled spirits, which in Europe were not really being yeah. consumed. They were medicinal at that point. They were just breaking out to become recreational drinks, right. particularly in the north. So the Portuguese find everybody, they're drinking palm spirit, which is made from palm uh, palm wine. Like an arak. Exactly. They're drinking palm arak. But then by 1512, the Portuguese are up in Bengal, the northeast of India. And Bengal is the outlet for all the trade uh, in northern India, right? Yeah. It all kind of flows down to the Bay of Bengal. And Bengal is the heart of the sugar-making region. These Portuguese are there, and that, that was the part where this, that guy Al-Alami in 1590 yeah. talks about them distilling. The Europeans become almost obsessed with India. I mean, yeah. it was 
I mean, you get the spice trade, you know, there's all this exploration because they're trying to find shorter routes to India. India meant money. India had more people than Europe. You know, India had a much bigger economy. The Europeans were always drinkers yeah. and they show up there. It's like, how do we, what do we put in our ships? <laughs> what do we drink while we're here? They start drinking Arak, and I'm sure in, in Bengal, they start drinking sugarcane Arak. Right. Now, we don't have early records of explorers talking about this, or if we do, I haven't found them yet. Right. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. Also, there's another link. The Portuguese get there. They find sugarcane by 1512 being grown. Next thing you know, they're planting all kinds of cane in uh, Brazil. Right. I mean, they also had it from the Azores Islands. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Some of those sailors yeah. must have said, hey, you know, you can make booze out of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my friend. Right. <laughs> uh, now, it doesn't make it into the official records of the right. colony, a lot of which just burned yeah. down, unfortunately, right. because the, the Brazilian National Museum just burned down, which is terrible. It doesn't make it into the official records anyway, as far as we know, because they weren't supposed to be distilling in Brazil. Right. The Portuguese were running their colonies as a business. And one of the, the things that was part of that business is we send you wine and you pay for it. We support our farmers and our for huge landowners. <laughs> we don't want you drinking local. We want you buying stuff from home. But when you think about like the history of like agriculture and, you know, yeah. so much of it is being driven by alcohol, right? Oh, yeah. This idea of what can we turn that's local, wherever it is, wherever grapes, it is, potatoes, grain. Yeah. We're going to turn everything that we possibly can into alcohol. It so must have happened, but it probably yeah. wasn't the fancy people, right. you know, who were, because the fancy <laughs> people were drinking Portuguese wine and brandy right. and Madeira and stuff right. like that. But slaves and small tradesmen yeah. and cane farmers, they like to drink too. And, and they can't afford that imported stuff. And when you think about it, I mean, sailors too, it's like, yeah. you know, the water wasn't always pure, no, no matter where no. they were coming from. No. You know, it would people go, shat in it. <laughs> it was it terrible. Wasn't, it wasn't, you would go stale in the barrel. Yeah, oh, so what they, the only way that they literally could stay alive yeah. was by drinking beer and other fermented distilled beverages. Yeah. Right? I mean, beer is so, gone, so what can they have? So yeah. it's this constant replenishing of their stocks. Yeah. And even though they didn't really understand about, you know, bacteria and, you know, the purity of right. water, they knew that there was something about the beer and, and the wine and the liquor that, you know, was different. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, obviously, even at the early, you know, stages of America, before America was America, yeah. all the rich people were drinking a ton of booze. They weren't drinking uh, backwoods Monongahela whiskey. No. They were drinking rum from the Caribbean, For which sure. even before rum, they were drinking peach brandy right. here, Applejack. They were making fruit brandies from the fruit that grew so abundantly here. Some of the Spanish colonies, they had a huge cane industry for a while in Santo Domingo, which is yeah. now Haiti and the Dominican Republic. I mean, if people were so desperate for alcohol that they attempted yeah. 
to conquer the agave plant, which is the most fitting <laughs> plant known <laughs> no. on earth. It's got you spikes know, on it. Spikes, it's needles. Some people are allergic. Yeah. You touch yeah. the, the pina, the inside of it. You get a rash sometimes. Yeah. I mean, if you're, you know, if people were that desperate to turn that into alcohol, turning sugar cane or sugar is nothing. You know, and the jump from yeah. fermenting and distilling grapes or wine, you know, to, to fermenting sugar. I mean, people using honey to make mead. I mean, the jump is so small. The jump is so small. The earliest record we, you know, we have of distilling in Barbados is 1631. Uh, in the meanwhile, we've got like prohibition in, in Brazil already in 1636 on this stuff. We've got stills by 1629 in Brazil. Those are documented. Right. And there's got to be stuff before that. Do you think that people in the Caribbean were distilling not just from molasses, but originally from like sugarcane, or was it so valuable that none of it was? I think it was. It was grown as a cash crop, right? And it was grown to be processed into sugar, right. On large estates, we don't know what happened on the smaller farms. Right. The juice ferments naturally within right. twenty-four hours. Yeah. So if you if you press the juice and let it sit for a while, there you've got uh, sugarcane beer, and then it then it goes off. Right. Already by this point, they knew if you distill it, it doesn't go off. Right. So. Uh, there's a hole in documentation. Yeah. There's not a hole in logic, you know. Or, or like, you know, I could see, yeah. you know, the making the sugar but repressing the yeah. sugar cane for yeah. like a almost what they do with like olive oil or other. With bagasse, yeah. Yeah, like a second pressing, right? Or a third pressing. Or you know, there's somebody surely like any other thing, there's somebody mm -hmm. sitting there saying, Yeah, yeah, give me like the leftover stuff and let me I'm just going to see what I can do. Grappa, whatever yeah. it is, like kind of this idea of taking the leftovers and turning it, which is the same idea of using molasses. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure they tried. Like, I'm I sure mean, they tried. Yeah. I, you know, the, well, they use the same uh, word bagasse for the leftover of sugar making that they use for the leftover of winemaking for the leftover of squeezed out grapes and stems exactly. that they made bagacera from in, right. in Portugal, which is uh, is grappa. Right. You know, so I'm sure they were, were trying out <laughs> the same idea. The molasses that that's a byproduct of sugar making, it's all the sugar that didn't crystallize. Right. And there's some, a lot of sugar that doesn't crystallize. People in New England, they're using that sort of Yankee, yeah. you know, ingenuity. They're using it for obviously for baked beans, for, you know, bread, for cookies, mm -hmm. for, you know, all types of... They were mostly using it for rum back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> but, Maybe later during Prohibition. But, yeah. But that idea of that, like, we're not going to, we're going to use everything. Yeah. Because you're, I mean, you're trapped on an island, right? Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot. There's not you're a lot else coming in. Predominantly sugarcane. So, like, you're going to get every last ounce out of yeah. that sugar cane that you pop because it's also terribly hard work so well, it's like if you're going to get it you're going to get everything out of it by the you know by the late 1600s certainly yeah. uh, at those at the caribbean islands they were there, there was a rule that you know your profit came from the rum Right. The, the the making the sugar paid your expenses. Right. And the rum was 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 your well, I guess that was were, your profit. They were so successful, I guess. Yeah. That they, they were a victim of their own success that the price of of sugar it started to come down, come down yeah. as it became yeah. more and more widely yeah. available. So that you needed the rum, you, you exactly. had to make rum. Well, it's fortunate because all those things, you yeah. know, it became so cheap that it, yeah. you know, would, I mean, it starts off at a horrifically expensive price and then becomes but, but, you a know, staple. 
that whole industry gets pioneered in Brazil in in the New World. And there's also records in the 1600s of the making rum right. in like the Azores where in the Canary Islands right. where, the, where the Brazilians had transplanted the sugar industry from. So they must have been making rum in Brazil in the, in the 1500s. We just yeah. don't have any records of it right now. And it's kind of a funny thing, too, because the... The Caribbean rum industry and the cachaça, yeah. Yeah. you know, industry in Brazil have been very careful. I think mostly probably for marketing to try to create separate narratives. Yeah. And you know, try but it's to all say, one narrative. Right, yeah. Try to say like, no, 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 yeah. we're not connected. Yeah. That, we're not. Connected. That's not the same thing. We don't have anything to do. And with they're that. not connected with the rum industry in India, which right. still exists right. and is very old, obviously, right. as we've seen. Or the rum industry in Indonesia, which is now Batavia Arak, right. which is made from from uh, molasses and has been mostly since about 1620. Right. We got documentation from that. And what do all these places have in common? Who was everywhere? The Portuguese. Right. Portuguese sailors. To be honest, now looking back, it seems kind of like, why didn't why didn't we challenge this idea before? You know, yeah. That like... Uh, everything's hiding more or less in plain sight. <laughs> right. you know? I, mean, it, I mean, I dug out a lot of these. These uh, documents sound obscure, but I found almost all of them on the internet. I always thought that the sort of invented difference between Caribbean rum yeah. And the Brazil was was kind of a, a load of hooey that you know, of clearly hooey. these things were, you know, connected. Yeah. They had to be like it wasn't. And, you know. you know, right now they make cachaça in Brazil from sugarcane juice. But right. in the past, they used to make it from molasses also. Right. And, and I think a lot of the things that we now, you know, all these rules yeah. and things that everybody is so melted about, obviously, did not exist they several not hundred exist. years ago. No. And, and I mean, people were, you know, people tried everything. They made everything yeah. however they could. There's smaller and smaller yeah. distillers and people yeah. all over, and there was sugarcane juice rum. Yeah. There was rum made from molasses only. Most of that was considered uh, crap. That right. was what they made in New England because <laughs> they didn't have skimmings. Right. The skimmings were like the the, the real thing uh, in, in in like Jamaica. You know, it's like right. you, you'd use molasses and skimmings. And that made that real have rum. Given it like a, that funk, grassier. Like, I think. Yeah. I've tasted one rum uh, from the 1890s made that way. That was absolutely delicious. Yeah. You know, it was made with molasses and skimmings in the Virgin Islands, and it was it was wonderful. They really stopped during the 20th century uh, because they stopped making rum on sugarcane estates. Right. Molasses became yeah. a commodity. Sugar became a commodity. Yeah. There are a few people who still might do it a little bit, but yeah. uh, it's very hard to figure out. And you see, like, these sugar factories yeah. opening up, like, yeah. in New York. You had, obviously, the Domino one and the Jack Yeah, Frost and that was all and giant processing factories. Exactly, these huge... Yeah, and, and those aren't on sugarcane estates. Right. <laughs> you know, they're not making rum on, on the right. Brooklyn waterfront. Now they are. <laughs> they, yeah. weren't, they weren't in the 20th century. Right. Exactly. You know, they, it wasn't like Newtown Creek rum. Right. <laughs> Newtown Creek, for those of you not in New York, is about the most disgusting industrial canal. Uh, one of two in Brooklyn, along right. with the Gowanus Canal, that um, are 80% pollution and bacteria. Do you think that we'll find an even earlier proto-rum site, you know, you know, beyond India, or is, I mean, I guess no, I think that's really kind of the beginning. Well, there's nowhere. Because, I mean, yeah, there's nowhere before that. Really. The only other place I can think of was perhaps the Middle East or Asia, but I don't. But I think sugar came came to those places yeah. through. I mean, maybe in South Asia, you know, maybe in in Southeast Asia, where the Chinese had were distilling, and right. sometime around uh, two thousand years ago, there's a lot of ambiguous records, yeah. but it seems 
pretty clear that the Chinese were distilling. But I think India was distilling first. And we're pretty close there. I mean, at this yeah, point, I think. That's really close to yeah. the beginning because it's the beginning of the sugar industry also. Yeah. And those two things all both in the same place at the same time, really, yeah. really. Uh, well, now we just we need the archaeologists to get to work, <laughs> you true. know. And uh, the two places we need to explore is India back then, like 200 BC yeah. to around 200 yeah. AD. And we need to explore Brazil in the 1500s. Yeah. The history of rum can't be told until we know more about right. those places. And I think it's kind of a wonderful thing. I mean, the fact that we've traced rum beyond the Caribbean, yeah. there's nothing away from Caribbean. No, hell no. I mean, I think it's a wonderful thing that yeah. we're piecing together the family tree of Rome. And, yeah. and we've seen as each of these branches have grown, they've created their own wonderful traditions, spirits, exactly. drinks. Exactly. And, you know, it's, I mean, if anything, I think it's it's a really cool thing as a drinker. Yeah, I mean, they're cousins to Caribbean rum all over the world, you yeah, know? Exactly. And, and, you know, it's yeah. like, that's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's great. I'm excited, yeah. you know, to, as more of these things come out and obviously yeah. as the world sort of gets smaller to drink things like Indian rum and yeah. more Arak from Sri Lanka and all over. So. Yeah, why not? Those things are cool. If you find yourself traveling, you know, it, yeah. I would definitely urge you to, to look out for these things, especially if you're going to India yeah. or Sri Lanka or other parts of the world where you can actually taste for yourself some of these uh, rums not so distant cousins. That's something to look forward to, right? Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. To another edition of Life Behind Motors. was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 